Respect to the Bundjalung Nation. Bay FM 99.9. Welcome to The Belly Show. Thanks for joining us, Mandy. Thank you. So your documentary depicts food stories of people from Myanmar, now residing in the regional town of Coffs Harbour, which is where you are. Yeah, so I made the film as part of my PhD and I guess I started off thinking I was going to do a traditional social science thesis. I was very interested in in culture and food. Um, My background's anthropology and sociology, but as I started to do my research, I kept on visualising how this was going to look and I just decided, you know, a film would be a really great way to actually share the research rather than just doing research that's only available for other academics I wanted it to have some kind of community engagement Um, so I decided to do a film and you know had a wonderful introduction to the Myanmar community and we sort of started from there is this your first film? Uh, it's my first independent film. I used to work in television for ABC and SBS, so I've sort of got a bit of a background in news and current affairs, but it's my first independently produced film that I've shot and edited myself. There is a, an incredibly large and growing community, refugee community um, in Coffs Harbour that's been relocated. Just give us an idea of where some of these beautiful people come from and how they've found their way here. Sure. So Coffs Harbour's a part of the federal government's region humanitarian settlement program uh, so we've got a you know really large and diverse African community there are people from um, Congo Sierra Leone Burundi Sudan a whole lot of different African countries and we've got this quite substantial Myanmar community there are um, more than 400 we think now and we've also got uh, more recently arrived uh, Afghani community so a lot of Afghani women in particular so really quite diverse and and the people from Myanmar they come from all different parts of Myanmar so we've got quite a lot of Chin people from Chin State up near the Indian border and then, um, you know, we've got Myanmar people and Karen, people from all over Burma. And they really do arrive with having already struggled, you know, to sort of get here in their life before this, but also some of the struggles that they um, encounter once they actually arrive. And the, one of the largest things they say is food, isn't it? It's, it's just how important it is for them to remain connected to their culture. That's so true. And I think just initial things like going and doing the shopping, you know, it's something that is very much an everyday occurrence for for all of us. But, you know, how do you do that if you can't speak the language, if you can't read what's on a label, if you can't find your traditional foods that you're familiar with? So uh, some really big challenges there. Um, But also once you can find that food, it can really reconnect you to where you come from, to your home. So I think this whole act of, of tasting, you know, the textures of food, the smells, that can really, you know, take take you back to home. It can really evoke lots of memories. So it can be an incredibly positive thing. So a little part in your documentary is one of the ladies saying how great it is to meet new friends through being able to cook traditional foods. So just through sharing, she said, you know, this is who you really are. It really, the film really highlights that, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think it does because uh, the Myanmar community in Coffs Harbour, they tend to, you know, have quite big celebrations that certainly involve food Um, so it might be a particular religious festival or it might be some other kind of cultural festival but there's always some kind of food sharing that goes on and generally they'll they'll invite people from you know all different sections of the Coffs Harbour community so they can be teaching people about their culture but also all people from the different ethnic groups from Myanmar come together and share and so you might have some traditional chin foods and then some Karen foods so um, it, it really does 
encourage people to be very proud about their traditions and also to share them with others. And money as well. I mean, it's it's not just not being able to find the food, but it's actually that a lot of these people are not used to having to go into a shop to buy food, are they? They're used to growing it. Yes, yes. So, so many of the people in my film and just other people I've spoken to do tend to come from... Uh, rural areas, so they might have a subsistence farming background, for example. They're used to just eating what they can grow. So people, particularly in Chin State, that, that has actually been exposed to some quite severe famines, they're used to having um, corn is a real staple in their diet, but maybe a few different veggies and, you know, a few a few different things, but not this huge variety. And certainly you eat what you can grow and what you can store. Uh, so yes, going to a supermarket is quite a culture shock. Uh, some people have actually spent time in cities transitioning to coming to Australia. So for example, a lot of them spend time in Kuala Lumpur. So yes, they're used to the idea of a, of a supermarket. Um, but it, it definitely does present some big challenges for people who are coming from more of a rural background. We get a great insight into some of the, the gardens that these, these people are growing and just how good that makes them feel to be able to grow their own food again. The gardens are really significant because there's a lot of research that, that shows us that being in a green environment can certainly promote well-being and you know so many people know that from their own experience but actually being able to grow your traditional foods means that you can source them and you can reconnect that's fantastic but actually being out there and and going like experience the gardening um, a couple of the men in particular have told me what that means to them and about how it makes them happy it makes them feel good and when they're not in their garden they feel really quite disconnected and they really miss it so, uh, and a lot of these are, are home gardens as well. Even if they're renting, they've got polystyrene boxes that are absolutely crammed full with all sorts of different jungle herbs and things like that. Uh, so that's sort of one of the first things they do once they get established somewhere is start growing food. Because a lot of their foods also very, I mean, as food is, are very medicinal and they really they really um, honour that, that approach to growing food, don't they? Absolutely. And that was something that I found really interesting in that the first garden tour that I did. There were all these plants that I just had never seen before um, or perhaps I had seen, but we might use them in a decorative way, whereas, you know, they'll have everything on a plant, they'll have the leaves and the stems and the fruit. And there are quite a few trees that they use the leaves for, for different medicinal purposes, for lowering blood pressure or, you know, a whole lot of different purposes. And that that was a real surprise because plants that I have sort of seen and are vaguely familiar, they have all these other uses that we're just not aware of. So they, they certainly use everything in every possible way. Like the choco leaves. I remember um, just watching it, you know, he was saying to another, uh, maybe he was asking you, have you yes. eaten the choco leaves? That's and right. we were like, no. Yes. And <laughs> he wasn't just saying to eat them, but there is a, a traditional dish. This is what they go with, you know, or here is a tree and this goes great with a duck egg, for yes. example. So... I mean, they know their food, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And and this idea, again, of using all of the plant, um, things like different kinds of pumpkin, pumpkin leaves, and things that we throw away, that they're all being used. They've all got a different purpose. And rosella is one of their most important crops. And, I mean, we're, we're familiar with it here in Indigenous culture, but there it tends to be the fruit that's used, whereas people from Myanmar use the leaves and they put them in stir-fries or soups or salads. They sort of have all these different purposes. So it was really interesting to see foods used in different ways. Bay FM 99.9. How does that make you feel?
We're now going to go back to the story from Coffs Harbour. It is about a documentary titled The Last Refuge and it's food stories from Myanmar to Coffs Harbour. It's been created by Mandy Hughes. She's an academic and PhD candidate with the university's School of Arts and Social Sciences. And here is Mandy to give us the second part of this story. I can feel a cooking book coming along. Ah, yes, yes, that's, that's a possibility. We're talking about a community cooking book, actually. <laughs> oh, it'd be so lovely. I mean, and, and just for them to be able to, you know, actually put down on paper and in beautiful yes. pictures what, you know, what that food means to them and their culture, yes. just to share it that way would be gorgeous. Yes. If you do that, I shall call you back and interview about that as Fantastic. well. Fantastic. I'll come well, down. We've certainly, we have actually been talking about that because, you know, all of the, their recipes, they're all their memories and they don't have them written down down because it's an oral culture but um, to be able to have it as a book and to be able to share that with the broader community I think would be another really a great way for them to promote their pride in, in their culture. Totally with their, their cultural stories entwined in it and where these recipes come from and a yes. little bit about their countries. I mean yeah it's a great way for us to be able to experience that as well and for yes. people to just be more open-minded and, and to learn. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, people that are arriving now, which which it's not, I guess, as hard for them to find their foods because they have a, a pretty well-established, well, growing community there. But there's a lot of swapping and seed saving and sharing yeah. of plants that goes on as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. I, and I think that's the great thing for, for the new arrivals is that there is such an established community and so you're not out there by yourself trying to find things, try to work your way through it. Friends will come and help you so that the support network is really significant and that's something that just really struck me about this community was just the incredibly strong community that exists um so people are certainly willing to help each other and and as you said to swap seeds to make sure that everyone can grow rosella and they're even growing it and then drying it so that it's actually available all year round um so yeah definitely lots of support within the community for each other one of the people that you highlight on the documentary he's started his own market store yes where's that and where can if we're visiting coughs where could we find that yeah so actually that person has recently moved to western australia so western australia might be getting this fabulous food stall uh so he did he ran a food stall in coughs harbour over the summer we have a, a summer evening market and he did really well people were very interested in the food and i know in the first week i think he sold out of one of his items in about an hour. Samosas, so yeah. Definitely lots of, lots of interest. And, you know, he's very ambitious. His father actually had a restaurant uh, in Yangon and he grew up learning to cook with his dad. So he had this real interest in food and cooking from a young age. And his knowledge of food was just incredible. Uh, so he's got plans. He's definitely got plans for a restaurant. So that, that might be happening in Perth. So lucky them. Oh, it's so great to see that because you're right. I mean, I wondered where his passion had come from because he really knew what he wanted to do and he was he was doing it yes. you know it's just it's so inspiring to see these sorts of things and you know your movie so this is this is going a lot further isn't it it's it's really branching out there I mean I know you had a screening at the Fusion Festival in Coffs Harbour tell us how that went that went really well so we had somewhere between 120 and 150 people uh, so and and people from right across Coffs Harbour like people from the Myanmar community but then people from all sorts of other places as well and it was really well received everyone was very positive and most people remarked that they did feel a real emotional connection which is you know it's interesting to get that emotion when people are talking about food but it highlights the fact that it's not just 
just about food, of course. It's about culture and memory and so much else, about identity too. So that, that screening went really well. We also had one on the Lismore SCU campus that week too, which went well too. And uh, the film has been selected for a film festival in Finland in October. So that's really exciting. It's a whole festival, a festival about food and culture. Oh. Um, and so I'm doing a little Skype introduction to that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, some other possible festivals as well. So hoping the message is going to get out there and those stories will be shared even more. Absolutely. And what what's the process at the Viscult? Is it that your film's going in to be nominated for something or is it just a, a screening of, of this? So I've, I've entered it. You have to actually submit the films and then they choose the ones that they're going to screen. So it's a festival that runs over a few days. Uh, so it has been, it's in the official selection. So that's, yeah, that's really quite exciting for me. And in fact, I missed the deadline. It was meant to be submitted sometime before, but I didn't know about the festival at that stage. And I thought, well, it's about food and culture. I'll send them an email and see if they're interested. And, and they really were because it was just relating so well to the, the theme of the um, this particular festival. They have a different theme each year. So that's that's really exciting and there's lots of other possibilities out there. There are lots of food film festivals, actually, I've discovered. Oh, I would like to know more about these myself. I, mean, <laughs> I, I do often highlight, you know, a lot of the really great documentaries that come through Byron and that people don't get to share because, yeah. you know, the mainstream media just sometimes doesn't want to pick up on them or, you know, mm. does, isn't interested in promoting them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, people like you, you know, really, as you say, it's just so much emotion in these in these films. I mean, I was really touched by watching it last night. I wanted to meet the people and, like, mm. hug them. And, yeah, it was really beautiful. That's, I mean, that's exactly how I felt through this whole process. I, I was filming over about 10 months, so I was really able to get to know the community in that time. And something that I did once the film was at sort of, first cut stage was that I invited everyone in the film to come and watch it with me because I really wanted to see that they were happy with the way they were represented before I moved forward and it was just the most incredible experience they watched it and they were all really really happy and at the end of it they sort of said oh you know we want to extend our friendship to you and mm. it was just it was a very emotional experience and I thought well that's the most important thing is that they're happy with their representation and you know that's really that's really what matters so mm. that's it's been an amazing experience for me you did a great job so what's next for you then Look, a few other possible film ideas, looking at, at different cultures in Coffs Harbour as well, so that would be great. But I have to finish my PhD. That's number one priority. Um, and so I'm actually writing my thesis now. And so much was said that, that isn't in the film because I had 10 hours of footage and it's only 25 minutes long. So I'll be writing about all of that in you know, a written thesis as well. So that's what I'll be doing. That'll take me through to about halfway through next year. And um, hopefully I can get some of these other film projects running as well. Yes, and where can people find out more or watch the trailers or when, when it will, will, it, will it be released somewhere yeah. online? So there's a Facebook page and it's just um, The Last Refuge Food Stories. You can just search for it that way. Uh, there, as I said, I, there are some other festival possibilities. There's going to be a screening in Coffs Harbour for Harmony Day and I'm hoping that might actually be touring as well so so there might be some other screenings in Coffs Harbour so just keeping an eye on that Facebook page would be the best thing to do but actually we're also going to sell DVDs as a fundraiser so the Myanmar community in Coffs Harbour are trying to raise some money for the recent floods that have happened in Myanmar that a lot of people don't know about there's been a lot of damage to infrastructure and 
lives lost and some quite awful things have happened. So uh, they're going to be doing some fundraising. So the sales of the DVD will be going uh, directly to the flood. So I'm going to put details on the Facebook page about that soon. Wonderful. And please um, just feel free to email me with any information that you've got and I can I can do readouts. You know, Great. I'd be honoured to do that, especially, to, you know, to help these people. I didn't even know that that had happened in their home. Yeah, it didn't get very much publicity. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Happened. Well, thank you. Thanks Great. a lot for taking the time and okay. thanks for everything you're doing. No worries. <laughs> hopefully I might see you down there one day. Yeah. It's not that far. That'd be great. Tune in on the web and check us out at bayfm.org. Bay FM 99.9.